talking and it don't make sense Tell me what it's all about The truth is stranger the closer you get To the who, what, where, when, how Absurd is the word, guess what I heard Absurd is the word, guess what I heard Guess what I heard Guess what I heard Hey, this is Know What I Heard. I'm Jamie, and this episode I was joined by my good friend Rich, and we talked about cryptids. You know, fun creatures like Bigfoot, and the Loch Ness Monster, and mermaids, and unicorns, and vampires. We actually talked about some of the cryptids that aren't as well known, and some that we had never heard of, and just found very interesting. And I got to say jackalope like 50 times, so it was a great day. Hope that you guys enjoy. Here we go. Cryptids. I may just start out with just kind of defining what a cryptid is. Wikipedia defines a cryptid as. Yeah. According to cryptids.org, Dr. Cryptid Cryptidstein states something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so... A cryptid is just an animal that has been claimed to exist, but never proven to exist. <gasps> so there's commonly known Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, Yeti, Mothman, dwarves, mermaids, goblins, unicorns, vampires, and werewolves. Dope, yeah. You may not have heard of some other cryptids, like the Mongolian deathworm. Is that the one that like Tremors was based off of? It's got to be. It has to be because it's like a four foot long, creepy, <laughs> big, gross worm. Um, there's also the Ozark Howler, which is sometimes also known as a hoo hoo, which is what I call my lady. So I may start calling it the Ozark Howler just for good times uh -huh. or hellhounds. And there's also one called the Wood Booger. So. The wood booger. Mm -hmm. Okay, I gotta know what that what what is what is a wood what is a wood booger? I don't know. I just saw the name. <laughs> I thought the name wood booger was funny. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cryptids. So if you're bored, Google cryptids, and it's pretty interesting. Yeah, what's what's almost as interesting as as uh, as cryptids themselves is actually the researchers of cryptids. And so if you if you go to the, the Wikipedia page, you can look at uh, notable uh, cryptid researchers. There are some very interesting characters in there. And I will point out about 75% of all cryptid researchers research either Bigfoot or Nessie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's mostly everybody that does cryptozoology as a for a living or research or whatever. Uh, it's either Bigfoot or Nessie. Yeah. And so. it's it's not considered a real science it's just kind of this like hobby branch yeah. of science yeah which i think is great so more power yeah. to the people that are trying to solve these cases it's absolutely very, it's I very important it's probably just a good excuse to get out in the woods and enjoy nature right i mean you know, yeah. like oh no i'm taking my camera out and i'm looking for bigfoot yeah gotta go <laughs> camping again damn it yeah. sorry babe you know you know what this research means to me <laughs> yeah that's awesome. Yeah. 
as far as just cryptids in general, uh, there's kind of an assumption that they have supernatural powers, that they're this like super mystical thing, but generally they don't. They're just some sort of weird animal <laughs> that someone yeah. spotted once and it carried on. Yeah. But anyway, what what do you have for cryptids? What did you look into? Well, I've I've kind of always loved cryptids. Um, I'm just I'm one of those people that you know grew up on sci-fi, and I loved the X Files when I was a kid, and so you know I've kind of been inundated with it for a long, long time. Now that I'm a scientist and I get to look at some of this stuff a little more critically, uh, it's actually more fun because it's it's fun to try and figure out what exactly is going on rather than just saying like, oh, there's a Jersey Devil and and uh, it attacks people, you know, once every thirty years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually pretty neat to figure out like what, what could be the real life uh, corollaries to these cryptids that people are seeing. Um, they could actually be real creatures, just uh, ones that uh, we don't see very often or are mistaken for something else. Right. And so with that in mind, I would actually like to tell a short story, if you would. I would love it. Make, so, let me get my blankie. Let me get my blankie. I'll absolutely. Okay. okay. Warm, warm cup of cocoa. Mm-hmm. Imagine yourself as a Viking warrior. Your clan has left England in a longship filled to the brim with the spoils of your raids. The soft slap of the ocean water against the hull of your boat is trying to lull you to sleep, but you fight the urge and maintain your watch. The smell of salt and algae on the air are some of the only things that make their way through the dense fog surrounding your ship. It's a waxing gibbous moon, but even the cool silver light has a hard time piercing the veil of this damned weather. As you lean against the railing of the boat, the strained creaks of the wooden shields at the side of the boat are slightly muted by the cold, wet air. You hear a thump on the bottom of the boat behind you, around the midship. Mm. One of your comrades coughs lightly in their sleep. You look back and see a long, black tendril slithering over the rail of the boat. Stunned with confusion, your mouth is agape as you try to understand what exactly it is that you're seeing. It's creeping closer to the other men, still unawares in their slumber. The closest warrior, Scarred, an absolute mountain of a man, mute from birth, but expressive with his battle axe. You rub your eyes and this thing is still there. You hear groaning coming from the starboard side of the ship and see another black snake sneak over the railing. Frozen in fear, the port snake reaches Scarred. The second it touches him, it coils around his body almost instantly and effortlessly pulls his body overboard. There's a muffled smack as his head hits the worn railing on his way over and a light splash as he disappears into the icy black abyss around the boat. Even if he hadn't been mute, he likely wouldn't have had time to scream. There are more snakes now. Six? Seven? One is pulling against the railing, which starts to tip the boat until it snaps off, sending oak splinters flying. You finally regain the ability to speak as more men are being pulled over. You scream to rouse your clanmates as freezing water starts rushing into the damaged side of the boat. You look down as you realize what these snakes are, and you see one at your feet. It coils tightly around your leg and pulls you feet first over the rail. The black cold water stings your nose and mouth with salt as you descend deeper and deeper below the surface. Your last thought is the name we do not speak for fear of calling it. Kraken. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Tell it again, uh, (laughs) Pa. Tell me the one about the scary Kraken thingy. (laughs) So I, I, I think Kraken are awesome. Um, I'm a scuba diver, as is my wife, Anna. And uh, so what exactly are Kraken? Um, they're monstrous sea creatures that are either giant squid or octopus. 
Um, some are theorized to grow large enough to attack and sink ships. This may seem absolutely unfathomable in modern times, but like think about like sailing in the 1400s. Like you got a few dozen men like packed like sardines on some wooden boat, and you've got a three to six day trip between Iceland and Norway. Yeah, like there could be something super scary out in the depth that like you would think could threaten your boat. And a 40 to 50 foot sea monster could probably take on a ship of that size. Right. So the word uh, kraken uh, comes from Old Norse, and it's just their word for octopus. It's literally just what it says in the box. Yeah, (laughs) it's their word for octopus. (laughs) But it sounds a lot cooler. (laughs) Although the word itself is a fairly recent addition to English, kraken themselves have been attested for millennia. They span cultures, civilizations, and religions. Of course, the Norse peoples and English sailors both wrote about Kraken. The Ainu people of Japan have stories about a uh, giant octopus over 100 feet long. Pliny the Elder, in the first century CE, he wrote of a giant octopus that was attacking a Spanish garum factory, which is like a building on land. (laughs) The Hebrew and Christian Bibles both talk about a Leviathan, and these are actually writings adapted from pre-biblical Mesopotamian myths. And these earlier myths indicate that it took two gods, but all and Anath, to slay uh, the seven-headed Leviathan. And you're thinking, wait, seven-headed Leviathan? This is actually one of my conspiracy theories, is that the Leviathan talked about in the Bible is actually just a kraken. And the reason why is you think about how many legs does an octopus have? Eight. It's got eight, yeah. And they're noodly, kind of like a snake, right? Um, and so if your boat was attacked by something, would you sit there and count the number of like tentacles that were attacking the boat? Or would you be like, I don't know, it was like six or seven or eight or 10 or whatever, like a, a many headed sea serpent, like, you know, it attacked our boat. Yeah. Right. And so that's my personal theory is that Leviathan being a seven headed uh, sea monster was actually a uh, kraken. All right. And then similarly with squids, they actually have eight arms, but they also have two tentacles, two of which are, spe- those two tentacles are specialized for hooking prey. So that's like really cool and all because that's like ancient times. But like I said, these are actually attested till the modern day. Uh, In 2004, Japanese researchers got a video of a giant squid attacking bait. And they noted that the tentacles coiled into an irregular ball, much in the same way that pythons rapidly envelop their prey. Which, again, going back to the Leviathan theory, right? Right, yeah. Like we're starting to see where things are starting to line up. We're like, oh, they're talking about the same thing from thousands and thousands of years ago. 2006, Japanese researchers caught a 24-foot-long giant squid off the coast of of Chichijima, which is a remote island off the southeast of mainland Japan. And remember that the Ainu people, uh, they have a story uh, from thousands of years ago about this 100-foot-long octopus. Hmm. In 2016, a kraken large enough to show up on Google Earth was actually spotted uh, off Deception Island near Antarctica. Estimates of the size were up to 200 feet. Shoot. Now, it's pretty much impossible to get any more detail out of that photo because it's a satellite photo. And so, like, you could just be like, oh, you know, it was just some weird wave looking thing. I mean, but if you look at the if you look at the the satellite photos, you're like, no, that really looks like a Kraken. And like, (laughs) that looks huge. And so, unfortunately, we're never going to get any more information about that because it was a point in time. It was one picture, you know, Hmm. grainy pictures are. Well, you know, it, hallmark it, of cryptids. it might do a press conference at some point and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was me. That was me. My bad. I had a bad hair day. Yeah. Like, not the I'm best actually photo. 197 feet long and <laughs> growing, but. You know, the camera adds 10 pounds, right? <laughs> God, 
In my case, the camera added three feet. <laughs> but why don't they attack boats anymore? I think is like, you know, okay, we have all these stories of them attacking boats. Like, whatever happened to that? And I think there's actually a very simple explanation on this is they figured out that steel boats were not fun to chew on. And something, you know, that was a little more organic, like wood, giant squid attack whales. They literally hunt whales in the deep. If you think about, like, how tough of a creature that is, okay, that's really tough, but like steel, like, there's no way that they're going to be able to do anything. And so they're smart enough critters, they're just going to let it go. Do you think it, there could be something with an actual engine, too? Oh, that it spooks them off? Yeah, or detract them that they're like, Ugh. I mean, it could be because if you, uh, there's actually some data from uh, when the uh, shipping slowed down a lot during COVID that um, a lot of the normal shipping routes, they track uh, whales and other animals out there in the ocean, and they noticed that their normal migratory patterns actually came back. Whereas before they were avoiding these shipping routes, they were actually starting to get back into their native territory more. Huh. And so like, totally, engine noise may be a thing that spooks them off really easily, whereas yeah. a boat just floating through the water doesn't, right? I'm actually going to send you a uh, picture real quick, and uh, you let me know what you think about this. I think that this is like quintessential Kraken. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that is creepy as balls. Isn't that creepy? It looks like um, a reverse puppet, like the ones, you know, that you yeah. do, the, but like the strings are on the bottom instead of the top. Yeah. Yeah, that, that thing is, is super creepy. It's like a chihuahua, <laughs> a creepy chihuahua with on a reverse puppet. It's yeah, it's it's a Lovecraftian chihuahua on, on reverse puppet strings. <laughs> that's a big fin squid. That is that is a real animal. That is a real picture of a real animal, and that's actually a screenshot from a video. The tentacles on that thing keep going down another like four frames. Wow, it is ridiculously long and creepy looking. You know, just to kind of wrap it up, like Kraken, I, I think they're just obviously cool um, because they've been around for so long. But even if you think about, okay, what could they be in real life? They would be either squids or octopus. And octo octopuses themselves or octopodes, they are some of the smartest sea creatures that we know of. Um, they have the highest body, uh, brain to body mass of all invertebrates and even greater than some vertebrates. Something that smart, like if anything was going to take down a Viking ship, it's something with brains and brawn. Octopus, a giant, giant octopus could definitely do that. And the fact that they've been continuously attested for thousands of years, you know, like we're still having sightings of them today. You know, I think that they're just going to be around forever. So that's what I know about Kraken. I think they're great. I like mm -hmm. it. There's all these different kind of categories of cryptids, things that went extinct or things that were just kind of talked about but weren't found and then they were discovered mm -hmm. and it's like oh shit okay so until 1910 the komodo dragon was considered a cryptid and then there were some explorers that visited komodo island and they actually found them and they're like oh okay well shit not a cryptid you know so it's just like there's kind of this ever-evolving list that gets changed you know things get tweaked right. The Komodo da dragon is just as scary as the tales that they tell about it. I mean, that thing yeah. is a killer. Yes. And like super dangerous, right? Yeah, they're crazy intense. <laughs> so of course, you know, yeah. you're like, oh, that can't be real. And then they're like, oh, shit. Well, here's yeah. one. And they brought it you oh, know, shit, back it is. to where. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so and another one was is the platypus. Looks like mm -hmm. 
a beaver otter and a duck all had some fun and it was thought to be a hoax until the start of the 19th century so it's just kind of funny that these things that were like couldn't be no way right i'd mentioned at the beginning the the hoo-hoo or the ozark howler <laughs> and so yeah. it's it's supposed to be in the ozarks the sightings they think could be more attributed to mountain lions bears hogs large cats or dogs or even bison like that is a huge array of animals that it could have been mistaken for so some of these are just obviously someone didn't have the right prescription glasses on or something yeah a lot of these just make me laugh because it's like "Mm, i don't know yeah but one that i wanted to talk about is the jackalope Mm -hmm. i'm a fan so the jackalope, or it's also sometimes known as the antelabbit or the warrior rabbit, is basically a jackrabbit that has antelope horns or what look like deer antlers. And one kind of explanation that scientists have come up with is that the rabbits that were seen were infected with the Shope papillomavirus, which actually causes the growth of horn and antler-like tumors. Oh, really? They're basically like warts that just build and build and build. And they end up, huh. look they look like antlers on either the heads. I mean, and they can grow on any part, but a lot of times they grow on the heads. So it's just like this uh, rabbit probably just had papillomavirus. <laughs> and it was just some huh. sort of like crazy wart system. You know, there were all these just rumors and speculation about jackalopes. One thing was that they can convincingly imitate any sound including a human voice. So it was hmm. thought that whenever they were being hunted, that it would actually, they'd actually be used to like evade captors. So they'd be like, right. Oh dang, I think you went that way. You know what I mean? To like evade yeah. <laughs> like, just this little jackalope in the grass. Like, Oh shoot, Billy better go left. You know? And they were like, Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. So I think that's amazing. And so in the old West Cowboys thought, that a jackalope could be caught by putting a flask of whiskey out at night. So a lot of times if they were sitting around a campfire or whatever, they'd leave a flask of whiskey for the jackalopes and they would apparently get super drunk and it would be easier to catch the drunk jackalope. And in the town of Douglas, Wyoming, they've declared themselves the jackalope capital of the U.S. because that's (laughs) apparently where the first one was spotted in 1829. And the town actually celebrates Jackalope Day, which I would love a t-shirt if anyone ever goes to Jackalope Days. I would really, really love a t-shirt. And there's even a Jackalope hunting season, which only Mm. lasts from 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. on June 31st every year. That's a bit of a short season, but you know. Yeah, but I'm assuming those hours that Douglas, Wyoming might also be the capital of accidental friend shootings during hunting (laughs) because i just feel like that's a uh, drunken night of dark shooting oh yeah that results in oh yeah i totally shot a jackalope last night sounded exactly exactly like my buddy bill he even said no please don't shoot me (laughs) yeah i'm not a jackalope that's what they always say is that what happened to cheney i bet it was (laughs) Mm-hmm. jackalopes are something you see you know sports bars on the wall whatever they're mm-hmm. probably not really a thing but i think that they're um really funny it's one of my favorite names to call people 
And I just thought that was interesting. So jackalopes. No, you 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 had mentioned uh, platypi, platypuses, mm-hmm. uh, the platypus animal. That animal is so much weirder than people actually even realize. Like, yes, it's got a duck bill. Yes, it's got the tail that looks like a beaver. Like, yes, you know, like it's this weird looking animal, right? The males have venomous spikes. Literally, they can they, they stab other creatures with, including humans, and can be deadly. Wow. And they lay eggs because yep. they're a type of mammal called monotremes that lay eggs. <laughs> they're crazy. just yeah. wild creatures. And anytime somebody brings up a platypus, I'm like, no, no, no. It's even worse than you think. Yeah. But guess what else? <laughs> but then, yeah. But also, yeah. Yeah. No, they're awesome. I love I love platypus. It's easy to see how some of these creatures are just rare and maybe limited mm-hmm. geographically that it's just kind of rumored that they exist. And until they're actually found, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that is crazy. There one is, you know, it is yep. it's pretty cool. Yep, yep. So uh, the other animal that I wanted to talk about was the chupacabra. Yes. So are are you are you familiar with the chupacabra? A little bit. I mean, not not. I mean, I know it's kind of like a dog like creature that. Right. I know of them in like Mexico, and there's been some mm-hmm. sightings, you know, along the border and things. So that's all right. I know really. Well, chupacabras are actually a super recent addition to uh, cryptid uh, lore. The chupacabra was uh, first spotted in 1995 in uh, Canavanas, which is a town in the east of Puerto Rico. She looked out her window and she saw a scary alien-looking creature. This is the genesis of the chupacabra. And so uh, directly translated from Spanish, it means goat sucker. And so... Like I said, this was in 1995. This was the same year that the movie Species was released. And the creature in the film Species has a striking resemblance to the initial description of the chupacabra. Madeline uh, Tolentino was the uh, first lady who talked about it. And she said it was a heavy creature the size of a small bear with a row of spines from the neck to the tail and greenish gray scaling skin. It hopped on its hind legs to move. And that would be a terrifying creature to see in a dark alley. Yes. But if you look at any of the pictures of the creature from Species, that's pretty much the creature from Species. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, it's likely that she had seen that movie like earlier in the week and she had a nightmare or something. Yeah. Um, this is what started it all off. And more common nowadays are the report of chupacabras that look like hairless dogs. And that's pretty much all that, that you see nowadays. And so, like I said, it's, uh, it's goat sucker in Spanish and it gets that from what it does to livestock. It, drains their blood as a form of sustenance. This is not the only animal on Earth that uh, does that. It's a trait called hematophagy. And of course, vampire bats, leeches, and mosquitoes are all blood-sucking creatures as well. Well, I guess vampire bats don't really suck blood. They just kind of bite and then they lap up the blood. But yeah, they get most of their sustenance from drinking blood of other creatures. Yummy. So that doesn't actually make the chupacabra unique in that sense, since there are plenty of other animals that do that. What does seem to make it unique is that the appetite of the chupacabra is absolutely voracious and it will completely drain multiple livestock before it gets its fill. And so since its initial sighting in 1995, it's been spotted all over the place in the Americas, from Maine to Peru, and a similar creature called a sigbin has been attested in the Philippines. There have been hundreds of sightings um, in the last 25 years, and even more reports of livestock that have been drained by them. Okay, if it looks like a hairless dog and it's attacking livestock, 
how do you know the difference between a chupacabra attack and a wild dog attack, right? Right. That maybe has mange and is right. hairless. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the way that you can tell is there's a very special bite pattern from a chupacabra. Mm. Um, they leave three holes in a triangle pattern on their prey, whereas dogs tend to bite their prey multiple times, and they usually have evenly matched rows of teeth, most prominent being the upper and the lower canines. And so you'll see multiple bite marks with multiple teeth, sometimes in a row, and often the largest punctures will be two and two on the upper and lower. Gotcha. Whereas with chupacabras, it's only the, th- the, the triangle three puncture hole marks. <laughs> the dogs also tend to thrash their prey and eat their flesh, whereas chupacabras mostly only bite once and drain their prey of blood, leaving the flesh behind. Now, if you think about being bitten by something like wouldn't that wake you up and like cause you to panic right i mean I you would, would wonder how chupacabras are draining an entire animal without it like running off or panicking and so you see a similar thing with vampire bats their saliva is mildly um analgesic and so when they bite there is the initial prick but it actually kind of numbs the bite area and then continues while the blood continues flowing the bat will then keep li- licking it up And so the animal is completely unaware that it's being drained of its blood. Gotcha. Interesting. So, you know, another way to think about like how you can take examples of real life animals and say, okay, if this were to be a thing, like how, how, how is it going to get its prey if it's not actually like, you know, attacking them uh, and they're not running away because otherwise there'd be more damage. Right. And so chupacabra, they bite once and they drain their prey of blood and they leave the flesh behind. And so that's how you can tell the difference between a wild dog attack and a chupacabra attack. So the closest thing we have to hard evidence are the desiccated bodies of chupacabra. They almost always turn out to be a dead dog or coyote. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, usually with mange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, notice this said almost always. And that's because the few documented cases of chupacabra corpses, uh, there are a few of those that were never studied by biologists. And then the corpses were lost, I guess. Hmm. Um, you know, it's one of those like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's over at my cousin's house. And. You go over to the cousin's house and he goes, oh, man, I didn't know you wanted me to hold on to that. You know, like it was starting to stink. So I got rid of it, you know. So these things kind of have a way of, uh, you know, finding their way uh, out from under the crying eyes of biologists. Right. uh, So they don't get studied. But they're turning up like all over the southeastern United States and Mexico. And so which like begs the question, like, okay, we didn't have this thing before 1995. There was an X-Files episode about it in like 2002. So like, I mean, it blew up on the scene. And now you just have the hundreds of sightings everywhere. So like, where are these coming from? What is increasing the number of sightings that's happening? And like we kind of said before, it's probably mange. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when a dog or a coyote gets mange, it's a parasitic infection that can be deadly. And so the dog or coyote will slowly waste away while getting weaker. Whereas they would normally hunt wild animals uh, when they're sick, they'll actually go for easier targets like livestock. Whereas normally they would be scared away by ranchers or guard dogs, they're just desperate enough to attack livestock because they're hungry and they're very weak. And so that's why you're seeing the increased number of attacks. And if they only get one bite in and then they're scared off by the guard dogs or the rancher, then they leave a once bitten animal behind who may or may not have had its neck slit or not slit, sorry, (laughs) who may or may not have had its neck broken by the dog. And so it looks like there's, yeah. (laughs) And so it looks like there's one bite and there's no other damage, right? Well, if they get spooked off by the ranch dogs and the rancher doesn't see the animal till the next morning, 
the blood will actually settle to the bottom of the body in a process called lividity. And this will make it look like the creature is bloodless on the top side of the body because there's no blood coming out of any wound and there's no blood visible. And so the uh, rancher who finds this body says three puncture marks or whatever, one bite, a dead animal and no blood. And of course you would think, oh, like something must have drained it of its blood. And so this is probably the most likely explanation, given also the fact that they look like hairless dogs. That's what a dog with mange looks like. Mm -hmm. And so just lastly, luckily, we have no reports of chupacabra killing humans, although there have been a few reports of humans being stalked or even attacked by chupacabra-like creatures. Luckily, in every instance, the person was able to get away relatively unharmed, despite being scared out of their wits. Being such a recent addition to the world of cryptids, it's hard to know if they're going to stick around. But like considering that like the number of sightings of them have just blown up ever since they were first sighted, like I actually don't think they're going to go away for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think that we're going to continue seeing chupacabra sightings and you know interesting looking creatures that are theorized to be chupacabras. Oh, for sure. Agreed. So I'm going to do what I think is an interesting one, which is the Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. All my New Love Jersey it. people, whoop, whoop. <laughs> it's also known sometimes as the Leeds Devil, but it's a legendary creature said to inhabit the the Pine Barrens um, of, of southern New Jersey here in the U.S. Um, and that area actually stretches across more than seven counties in New Jersey. And there have been thousands of sightings reported there since the 1700s. Which is why I wanted to do this one, because it's it's one that there are actually a lot of sightings over a very long stretch of time. So mm-hmm. there's kind of varying descriptions of the Jersey Devil. Um, it's said to have a kangaroo-like body with either a goat or a dog's head, horns, leathery bat-like wings, clawed hands on small arms, so it's a T-Rex, <laughs> cloven hooves and a forked or forked tail however you choose to say it and apparently has a blood curdling scream so this dude's got it all it's a just plethora of cool things oh yeah <laughs> so it's the mr potato head of uh cryptids it's like and the claws and the wings and, and also the, yeah yeah looks like a it's got a hippo's nose and uh-huh. like, oh, okay, yeah. shit. So it could it's be any su- animal Superman. anybody ever sees in the wild ever. Yeah. Cool. Super Superman complex <laughs> and laser eyes and invincible. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It could throw its voice. Um, <laughs> so there's kind of, there's many theories about this one, but the most common theory about the Jersey Devil is that in 1735, there was a woman who was known as Mother Leeds who had 12 effing kids. 12. But what, why? why? Why 12? That's so many. I, yeah, that is a lot. Wow. That's a dozen kids. That's a dozen too many. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, if I have a baker's dozen and go for 13, it would be the devil. And sure as shit, she got pregnant again with her 13th oh, child. No. Like you do. I mean, she didn't yep, learn with the first happen. 12. I mean, come on. But it's said that she delivered a normal baby. It never said the sex of the child, which I find a little interesting. But mm-hmm. it was born normally and then it transformed 
into the creature that I described. And there's different variations of the story. Some say that it killed the mother. Some say that it killed the mother and several of its siblings. Some say it just like beat everybody in the room with its tail. Whatever. I don't know what happened. But then it just flew up the chimney and was gone. And it said that it just escaped into the pines and has been living in that area and haunting people to this day. People that live around this, you know, the Pine Barrens area still hear the mm-hmm. devil's screams at night. That's where it started. Uh, but I kind of want to touch on some of the sightings of this thing. So apparently Napoleon Bonaparte's brother, Joseph, claimed to see the Jersey Devil while he was hunting in 1820. So that's a little weird little bit. Yeah. It- in 1840, it was blamed for several livestock killings, which that, that seems to be a very common thing that just there's oh yeah livestock show up dead. And it's like, it was the yeah. Aliens, whatever. Chupacabra, Bigfoot, yeah, yeah. Jersey Devil. Yeah. Trump. Um, so. <laughs> I said alien. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You got it. I'm sorry. Um, in 1925, a there was a farmer that shot an unidentified animal that was trying to steal his chickens and. I guess he photographed the body, apparently showed it to a hundred people, and no one could identify what this creature was. Wow. So So was it just a bad picture? Or? Yeah, I know. I mean <laughs> was, he has his head under the hood and has to wait for like three hours to take a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a daguerreotype. Yeah. It's like it's kind of fuzzy, man. You want to take another? Well, the body's gone now. Yeah. Damn it. Um, In 1951, there was a group of boys that claimed to see it. And um, in 1960, there were apparently tracks and noises that were heard that were thought to be the Jersey Devil. At that time, there were some merchants that were in Camden, New Jersey, and they actually offered a $10,000 reward for its capture and offered to build a private zoo to house the Jersey Devil if anyone found it. So apparently, they even in 19... 60 or yeah 1960 Mm -hmm. they were still so sure that this thing existed but the biggest encounters that were documented was january 16th through 23rd in 1909 there were hundreds of claimed encounters with the jersey devil all over new jersey and there were reports that it actually attacked a a trolley car and a social club and there were all these unidentified footprints that people were finding in the snow and there were sightings as far south as delaware and there was kind of this panic that was widespread through newspapers and it actually created enough fear that they ended up closing a lot of the schools and a lot of people didn't go to work everybody was just kind of hunkered down in their homes and there were all these vigilante groups and hunters that were roaming the pines trying to find this thing so it was just like this severe panic for a week yeah. or whatever but it's just this very popular um cultural creature in new jersey there's obviously the nhl hockey team the new jersey devils named after this thing there's a uh, Jersey Devil roller coaster at Six Flags in New Jersey, um, and it's been featured mm-hmm. in film, television, music, literature, video games. And since you're a huge fan of the X-Files, there was a Jersey Devil episode that you probably saw. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, there, a good episode. there's that guy. He just keeps on kicking. There's just all kinds of it's just kind of commonly known. You know those times when uh, you hear something 
and you've heard it a million times before, and then you finally get what it was referencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you said the New Jersey Devils, for some reason, my brain had always, because it's New Jersey space Devils, mm-hmm. I literally always just thought it was just like, oh, the Devils. But right. no, it is because of the Jersey Devil. And I had never gotten that for some reason. Well, and I, I guess you, you wouldn't know that. I mean, you would just assume that it was like the Devils yeah. is the name of the team. But apparently that's where that the team name came from. That's awesome. I did not know that. Yeah. And then I wanted to ask you about one because we both live in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Momo? Momo. You're talking about a local cryptid? I have not. Yeah. Momo is actually short for the Missouri Monster. Uh-huh. And he... Or she. I don't know. There may be multiple. We don't know. They. Uh, but first reported <laughs> in 1971 and is said to inhabit forests along the Mississippi River in Missouri. Mobo is described as being pretty similar to Bigfoot, of course. Standing mm-hmm. seven to eight feet tall, covered in thick, dark hair. And the difference with Momo is that he has a very broad pumpkin-shaped head. <laughs> so <laughs> lucky him. And um, mm-hmm. is said to produce a really, really horrible smell and is apparently aggressive. But I don't know how that's really known or documented. I couldn't find any documented attacks of yeah. Momo. But anyway, that's just a little local Missouri uh, cryptid for you. Yeah, no, I'd I'd, uh, I'd never heard of uh, Momo. It sounds like it sounds like it may be related to another species of Sasquatch called the um, uh, skunk ape. I think is yes. what it's called. Yep. Yeah, the skunk ape, uh, because that's also another uh, Sasquatch that's uh, very stinky. So I think like the local subspecies mm-hmm. um, that we got in uh, Missouri and further into the south, maybe the stinkier varieties. And it sounds like Momo, I guess, is a little more aggressive, which yeah, is very apparently. uncommon for Sasquatch species. Um, you know, Sasquatch, as far as I can tell, is actually a very friendly species of critter. It's just, uh, you know. When I've run into them, they've been pretty chill. So. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the skunk ape is maybe in Florida or something, maybe the southeast. Yeah. And they kind of the same thing. Like, so whenever you're looking through these cryptids, there's a lot of just basically variations of the same thing. You know, the same. Yeah, there's a lot like, of squatches. Yeah, there's a lot of squatches, a lot of river type monsters and and things like that. So, but they're interesting to check out. So, like I said, if you get bored, mm-hmm. go uh, do a little cryptid rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Go, go Momo hunting. Yeah. Mo- Momo noodling. <laughs> I'll stick my, stick my uh, arm into various uh, tree holes. Yes. Right? And Just see if I can happen. pull a Momo out. Momo. <laughs> Just like, just like catfish noodling, except on the other end is a Sasquatch. <laughs> a very aggressive one with a big old pumpkin head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, some of the squatches, it sounds like uh, somebody saw, uh, you know, a bear walking on its hind legs from a distance away and it was like dusk. And so they kind of freaked out because it was like, oh my God, like it was a squatch. It was like, or, you know, it's a bear walking on its hind legs. Like bears do look weird when you see them in person. Like they, they move weird. Um, they move a lot faster than you think. And when they're walking around on their hind legs, you're like, wait, what? Because like you see videos of it and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just a bear on its hind legs. When you see it in person, <laughs> like your brain has a hard time processing what's going on. Right. Um, they're real cute, though. I mean, yeah, you know, as long as you're not messing with, uh, you know, their kids or anything. <laughs> yeah, they love hugs. If you see one, give them a hug. <laughs> yeah. So they know you're friendly. But yeah. Yeah. So. 
What do you think about all these? I mean, would you assume that, what, like 98% of them are total bullshit? Um, I mean, define bullshit, right? I think that they are based on sightings of real things, most of these. Yeah. Um, I, at least the ones, the ones that stick around, right? The ones where, like, I don't know, Mothman, doubtful that that, that, that was, uh, you know, a real cryptid. I think that was just uh, probably a panic um, because nothing like it has been seen before or since. Um, so yeah, right. that was probably just, you know, uh, mass panic and, and people freaking out about something that they, you know, thought they saw, but didn't write things like squatches, probably misidentification. I'm one of those people that would love to think that there used to be apes in the American continent or still are in certain places, but like we have covered enough of these continents that, uh, it's unlikely that we're actually going to find any living today. Nessie is, is probably that's <laughs> somebody somebody saw a floating log i you know i love i love nessie and all the other other lock monsters but yeah there's there's pretty much no way a creature of that size could live under there and you know people do calculations and show that like oh you know but if this kind of species of fish was you know a lot more common yeah but it's not so it isn't <laughs> yeah and i and i love i love i love the cryptids that are inspired by uh real things right so like vampires and werewolves, right? you know, there, there's a reason that those two go together is that they're likely based off of the, uh, the same uh, illness, which is rabies. I think this came out of the, uh, the book. I think the book is called Just Rabid. But uh, the author, she talked about the fact that the symptoms of a rabies infection actually do track really well with how people describe werewolves and vampires. Um, the fact that they are compelled to attack <laughs> other creatures, which is the highly aggressive form of rabies. The fact that they are afraid of water, in the case of vampires, that is a symptom of rabies. The fact that it came from an animal bite, which is what you see either in uh, most werewolf lore or, or, or some vampire lore is because they got bit by an animal. So, I mean, you know, it's just like, that's something that like was, that was most likely inspired by a real thing and is a terrifying disease in and of itself, but literally spawned centuries of these stories about these crazy cryptids, right? And so I think that's just awesome. Yeah. Well, and I also just appreciate the, the folklore, you know, that either it goes by area or a certain town. It seems like every town has their little haunting story or something weird happened once or, you know, whatever it is that that lives on and it builds and it gets adapted and all this stuff. Like, I kind of like that that's around. It's it's just an interesting thing. Yeah. I think it's just whatever it's fun so it adds it adds to the texture of the culture in your area you mm-hmm. know like it would be super boring if it's just like you know you come you come to to some area or whatever and it's just like yes we have mcdonald's we have taco bell and we have quick trip and that's the only thing unique about where we live right like that's that's boring and that sucks it's it's awesome that we have these local stories these local legends you know and a lot of them are based on things that you actually see in those areas mm-hmm. right yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I agree. I think they're great, and I think as long as people aren't going, you know, getting weird and, and uh, you know putting other people in danger with their sasquatch hunting, I think that right, you know, it's absolutely great that people get out in the woods. Well, I mean, and to the people in Wyoming who are doing jack jackalope season, getting drunk and oh, going yeah. out from twelve to two, just be careful. Just watch your friends. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for doing another episode with me. Absolutely. Love doing these. Yeah. 
huge thank you to Rich for joining me on this episode and a bigger thank you to all of you jackalopes who are listening to the podcast and supporting Know What I Heard. I appreciate it so, so much. And if you want to further support the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Five-star ratings and great reviews help the show out so much and are greatly, greatly appreciated. Please like the Facebook page, Know What I Heard Podcast. Follow us on Instagram. If you have any show ideas, topics you want me to cover, have a question or comment, just want to say, hey anything at all, please send an email to knowwhatiheard at gmail.com. Please keep listening and supporting the show. Tell your friends and other loved ones. Please stay safe and healthy. And until next time, hey, know what I heard? I'm probably a Jersey Devil. I'm just saying.